This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Your Saltwater Guide, Captain Dave Hansen, with another phenomenal podcast for you today. It's just me and you today, folks. Just me and you. Hey, I want to let you know, coming up real quick, like 11 days, I'll be at the Pacific, or at the uh, BART Hall fishing tackle and boat show in long beach california if you see right there on the screen that qr code gang that'll save you two dollars on your tickets to come see me speak both saturday and sunday the 27th and 28th i'll be there speaking on stage at three at 12 o'clock and then again at three o'clock you do not want to miss the bart hall fishing tackle and boat show in long beach california at the long beach convention center it's going to be a blast gang i'm going to have a ball we're going to be hanging out i'm going to start the day both saturday and sunday in the cca booth i'll be in the cca booth with wayne and chris and anybody else that wants to swing by and make a donation get involved with cca i'll be hanging out in the booth both saturday and sunday morning before the show starts swing by the cca booth and say hi to me and uh, maybe we'll get you to sign up, lifetime membership, or any type of membership at all is going to help out the cause. We're on a mission to keep fishing open in the great state of California. We need all of you to help. So that's why I'm committed to hang out at the CCA booth both Saturday and Sunday before I speak. My first seminar will go off with Larry Hansen from Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. We'll be doing that one at 12 o'clock noon and then we'll be going live just by myself up on stage at three o'clock in the afternoon it's going to be really really fun and amir k that was on the show on on friday with us as our special guest on the podcast he said he's going to come up on stage with me on sunday and open for me so that should be pretty exciting at three o'clock on sunday but you don't want to miss the bard hall show it's going to be fun it's going to be incredible it's going to kick off the fishing season there'll be a lot of great other speakers at the show but i'll be there and you want to come by and see me and you want to save it's always good to save money so save two bucks per ticket with that qr code that i have up on the screen right now grab that anytime you want throughout the show it's going to allow me to know all the people that show up to see me because you get that qr code whether you used to hang around to see me or not on Saturday or Sunday, you still save your $2 on your ticket and you're, you're all going to the show. So you might as well save two bucks. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody there. And then a couple of things we haven't talked about too much. This, the last week was 
we have that one thousand dollar us one thousand us dollars that kelly girl and i are giving away to one lucky person that catches the largest lobster either out on a guide trip with pablo sunny or uh justin or out on justin's boat up there in uh at long beach harbor bowline sport fishing or down in san diego with hernandez charter with fernandez charters you can fish with pablo down there and tomorrow we'll be bringing the boys on the show to update everything that's going on today justin's trying to get that oil leak fixed on his boat so i wanted to bring all the guides in together like i always do to talk about what's going on this week oh my goodness what a phenomenal amount of wind we had yesterday eh? that was incredible the ocean looked like a giant washing machine so crazy out there. There's little Marley right above my head, checking things out. He just got done eating about 20 worms. He's just cruising around now, looking for a little bit of mango or something, maybe to top off all those worms he ate. So keep an eye on him. He's banging around up there. And gang, I want to thank you all for all the phenomenal reports over at Your Saltwater Guide, the website. The community came together this weekend. A lot of, a lot of people fish Friday. A lot of people fished Saturday. Nobody fished yesterday, thank goodness. Or the Coast Guard would have been called several times. The ocean was a mess yesterday, so I'm glad none of you went out. But those of you that reported on Friday and Saturday, I want to thank you all very, very much. Some unbelievable reports, some great pictures on the reports. And if I can get this up on my phone, but it doesn't look like it can, I have a great report from a young man named Vince who caught a beautiful big lobster. They ended up catching 30 lobsters. So it was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. And then uh, don't forget, I'll be hanging out at the Promar booth at the show. Also, let me show you guys a QR code from Promar here. I'll be hanging out in their booth all day during the show. After I'm done with my commitment with uh, CCA outside, come on inside, check me out at the Promar booth. Stop by. We'll be shooting some, uh, We'll be shooting some ads. We'll be making some videos in the booth. We'll be showing off some of their product, all of their product, as a matter of fact. I'll be making videos. If you're in the booth hanging out with me, you got a good chance of getting on one of the videos. Steve will be there from Promar, and uh, we'll be making some videos in the booth. So if you stop by the Promar booth during the show, either Saturday or Sunday, the 27th or 28th, you got a good chance to be on one of the videos. And as you know, I post three brand new videos every single day. So you got a good chance of being on the show, doing just by uh, hanging out at the Promar booth. You got a good chance of being on one of my videos. You never know. We may even do a live spot while we're in there. Brian will also be in the booth, the social media director for Promar. He'll be hanging out in there. We'll make some videos with him. If you're just hanging out, Come by the Promar booth at the Bard Hall Show and check me out. I'll be making videos. I'll be showing you all the bitch of products that they have in there. And uh, you should have a good time. And you guys grab that QR code right there. You save 20% on the products from Promar. And today we're talking about trolling. And we're going to talk a lot about trolling. I'll show you. I'll talk to you a little bit about how I go about trolling and how you should, wherever you are on the planet Earth, when you go out fishing and they troll this is the things you're going to want to remember so please grab that qr code right now from promar please help me out grab that qr code it really really means a lot to me 
and it'll show Promar that we actually have people watching our pro, watching our podcast every day. And then you're going to go into Promar's website and you're going to be our Promar and you're going to be blown away by all the cool products that you're using on a daily basis anyway. So why not save some money on the product? Check it out. Grab the QR code. And those of you driving around in your cars listening to the podcast, just put in the code YSWG when you're on the Promar Ahi website. Go to promarahi.com. And then as you're checking out, put in the code YSWG and you'll save on your way out the door also. So check all that out. We'll come back to Promar in a little bit. We'll show you some, show you some more QR codes here in a bit. But today, gang, I want to thank you all for joining us. I hope you all had a great weekend. Kind of crazy weather yesterday, but Friday and Saturday were gorgeous. And there was a lot of people out fishing. And there was some of that bigger bonita caught down in San Diego, up off Oceanside, a little bit off of Dana Point. There was a handful of yellows caught in the kelp on the half-day boat down in San Diego. We'll have all that on the game plans for you this Thursday on my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. But today we're talking trolling, and I think this is super important for you to all understand. When you're out fishing, when we get into this yellowfin tuna, the, the bigger bonita that are here, the bluefin, the dorado, the yellowtail, they all bite the troll. But here's the biggest mistake I see everybody make. When that fish bites the trolling lure, everybody on the boat runs back to try to grab that one fish that's on the trolling rod. You're missing out tremendously, gang. You're missing out tremendously. That fish that bit the trolling lure, that fish is already ours. We already caught him. What you should be doing when you get a hookup is the number one thing you should do is try to get a bait out there. Hook to the end of your line on the end of your fishing line. Cast it out behind the boat towards the trolling fish, the fish that bit the trolling lure. Why? Because there's never a time where it's one fish. Like I tell all the guys down here fishing in Cabo for marlin, throw a bait. That marlin bites the lure. We got about an 80% chance of that lure fish falling off. But if you could drop a bait back there, a macro, live mackerel or live sardine, and you hook a marlin on that, you got about a 90% chance of landing it. Why do we lose so many fish on the troll marlin-wise? Is because they come up and they hit it with their bill and most of the time it's going to be wrapped around their bill or it's going to be barely snagged in their bill and the hook falls off every time they shake their head. But if you can feed them back a live mackerel or feed them back a sardine, you got a better chance of hooking them. So that's the marlin thing down here, but let's go to let's go to Southern California, San Diego, Dana Point, Channel Islands, anywhere that you're going to be trolling. You're going to put out your spread. You're going to put out five four or five lures out behind the boat. You're going to slow the boat down. to. I, I troll six and a half knots. I know you troll slower, you troll faster. I troll at six and a half knots. Why? Because everything can eat it at six and a half knots. And when I'm out fishing, I'm fishing for everything. So when I got my cedar plug, my Promar Live Deception cedar plugs out behind the boat, or I got my natural colored cedar plug out behind the boat, I got a couple of feathers out there. I'm trolling around at six and a half knots. When we get a hookup, I've already talked to everybody on the boat and I try to explain to them, one of you needs to chum. Hook up, throw a handful of bait at the at the line that got bit. Don't throw it straight off the back of the boat. Just throw it towards the line that got bit. The boat's going forward. The bait's going to go back to where he is. And then the next thing you should do or everybody else on the boat that's not chumming is 
cast a bait out with your with your uh, hook and your line hook to it because that trolling fish, I can cast a bait out, let my bait get out there in the spread where all the troll, trolling lines are and that hooked up fish. And then I'll wind in the trolling fish with my other hand while I'm letting the bait go out behind the boat. Then when that bait gets bit, I let go of the trolling rod. I flick it in gear. I set the hook. Now I got one on bait. I got one on the troll. But most people, when they get bit on the troll, everyone on the boat panics and runs around in circles. If you had a video camera, you'll see if there's three or four on the boat, the trolling rod goes off. Everybody runs around in circles. Nobody knows exactly what to do because I don't know why, but when that clicker goes off, everything you've learned in your life just drains from your body and you jump and you jump and you run around in circles and you try to get Thank you, Daniel. I'm seeing all these comments, gang, and I appreciate it. Everybody, thanks for joining us. John Stanley, Dan and Kim, Tim Ogilvy, Dave Burst. But when you get bit on the troll, gang, that fish that bit the troll is already yours. You got to get a bait out there as quick as you can. If three or four people throw a bait out, that's just like chumming. Now you got three or four baits back there. Then you reach in the tank, throw another bait back, throw another one at a time, real slow, walking that fish up behind the boat. But too many people make the mistake of everybody gangs up on that one trolling fish. You've already lost the opportunity. If you didn't get your bait out there right away, you drug that trolling fish away from the school. Maybe the school will follow, but normally they won't follow if there's no chum going out there and there's no other bait fish. If you can cast your bait out behind the boat when you get a hookup and hook a bait fish right away, the rest of that school turns. Because they get, they feel the excitement in the water. They feel the electricity coming off the fish. And so they all turn around and start to come after their buddy that's hooked up. They all want to see what's going on. And then all of a sudden, here's all the bait back behind the boat. So now they're biting all the bait behind the boat. Everybody's getting bit. You do not want to worry about the trolling fish. The fish that bit the troll. I can't even tell you how many times albacore fishing where we caught two or 300 albacore on a short bite where the fish came up and bit the jig and fell off, but the rod bent for a second. Oh, Mike Nars. Hey, buddy. Welcome to the show. Haven't seen you for a while. Good to see you. War heroes on water, bro. Can't wait. Hopefully I'll see you before that. I know I'll see you at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show. We'll do a live show there. Everybody say hi to Mike Nars. He's joining us. And uh, thank you, Mike. Dave Burris, hello. It's so cool that Elliot put that up there for you. Rod Builder extraordinaire. Dave Burris is now part, has his own little section on my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. On the app, there's a section, Rod Building. Dave's going to start putting together some spectacular rods for members of the website. Kelly Girl and I have a plethora of rods that Dave has made us. He's an artist, gang. When you start to look at all the cool things that he does, with thread, wrapping thread on a fishing pole and making all the great designs. He's made Kelly Calico Bass, me Calico Bass. It's incredible. It is absolutely incredible what he can do magically with thread on a fishing pole. Check out his stuff over on the website, gang. Great addition. I'm very happy to have you as part of that. And Mike Nars, I'm blown away that you're watching the show. That turn, That makes my day. 
Elliot, thank you. I see you on here too. Mike Lewis, I see all of you guys. Charles, everybody, thank you all for joining us. Robert, thank you all. Everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you. But today we're talking about troll, and I got to try to stay focused and quit reading the comments. Kelly tells me that's rude, but I want to talk to everybody. I love talking. You know that, those of you that have watched me long enough. And oh my gosh, we're going to talk about our special guest coming up on a Friday. Cliff Gray, he is an incredible human being. He just came off of the, um, he was just on Joe Rogan's show about a month and a half ago. He's going to be on my <coughs> my podcast. Can you believe that? From the Rogan to the Hanson? Oh, what a letdown it's going to be for Cliff. But I'm super excited to have him. Extraordinary hunter. If you're into hunting, you're going to want to watch the show. And then he is way into hunting now with the spear gun. And he's doing the lobster thing right now. He's doing all kinds of stuff over on the East Coast. He's having the time of his life. He'll talk about all of that. He's in Puerto Rico right now. He's going to tell us what it's like living over there. It's going to be fun, gang. It's going to be fun seeing Cliff on here, having a different perspective from someone who's spent his whole life tracking animals out in the forest in Colorado and all over the place. He's a epic elk hunter. That's why Joe Rogan brought him on the show. He takes Joe elk hunting all the time. But he's just got into this fishing thing in the last four or five years full speed. He's been into fishing his whole life. His grand, his uncle was charter boat owner down here in Cabo. He's into fishing, but now he's moving his focus into spear fishing and lobster fishing and doing all that. So he's going to be a great addition to the show. I'm so excited to have Cliff on the show next week. And then the following week, I don't know, we got some big names bouncing around. A guy some of you might know. He's talking to me right now. He should be on the show, Mike Iconelli. I think most of you that fish or ever touched a fishing pole know who Mike is. Mike is one of the funniest fishermen I know. And uh, he's talking, coming on the show. We haven't inked it yet, but as soon as we do, you'll all know. But just that we're having a conversation with Mike Iconelli is pretty special to me. I've been following Mike for a very, very long time. So I'm excited about all the cool things that are going to happen in 2024. And I'm super excited to see who I'm going to give. Kelly Girl is actually going to give you the 1000 US dollars to whoever catches the largest lobster on Justin or Pablo or Sonny's boat or on a guide trip on your boat. A lot of people bought those gift certificates. So there's a lot of people that are going to have a really good chance to catch lobster of a lifetime. Darren, good to see you. I think you're back at school. Hopefully you're teaching kids the right thing and uh, good to see you here. I hope I, you had so much fun fishing the artificial reef the other day. Those pictures were incredible and thank you for all that. Thanks for the great report. But let's go back to the trolling thing. Okay. We kind of jumping around because there's so many of our members and so many of my buddies that are jumping on here. I want to make sure I say hi to everybody, but back to the trolling thing, gang. That trolling thing is so important to locate the fish. We spend so much time when we're out on the yachts or out on the sport boats, captains and deck and crews looking for fish for all of you to catch. And we spend hours and hours and hours in a pair of bio, binoculars searching the water, looking for the fish. And your number one job down there on the deck is to get your bait in the water as quickly as you possibly can. It is super crucial. You don't even know. You don't really have, if they say hook up, you don't have time to pick your nose. You need to get a bait out there as fast as you possibly can. 
it could be the difference between a phenomenal day of fishing and a suck day of fishing. Why? Because, like I said before, when we get a hookup on the troll, hook up! Everybody runs around in circles. They forget where they are. I don't know what it is, that sound, that word hookup. Everyone loses their mind. I see it every day. I'm like, even my deckhands, I'm like, get a bait out there. Get a... I, I don't know what happens when the hookup word comes out, but everyone loses their mind. From today forward, all of you got to remember, your number one objective is to get a bait out there. If you're in the trolling rotation, let's just say we went back in time to the albacore days. And back in the albacore days, we used to get a lot of jig strikes albacore fishing. And so we'd have five rods out behind the boat on the sport boat. And so number one through five would have the first half an hour, first hour of trolling, then then six through 10, and, and then uh, so on and so forth. We had 30 people on the boat. We'd run the rotation all the way through. But like I would always tell my guys or my friends or people that know how to fish, you don't want to do the troll. Give up your spot. I always tried to make sure that everybody on the boat gave up their spots to the children. If there were children on the boat, they should be the ones trolling all the time, period, anyway. But you, you can't always get away with that. So I would tell my Dave Burrises, my Darrens, my Tonys, my Roberts. I'd say, look, guys, give up your rotation in the troll. You don't want that fish. You want a bait fish. Plus, if you get a bait fish, we're going to sink the boat. Why? Well, like I said earlier, and if those of you that weren't here with us earlier... That trolling fish is coming out of a school of tuna. When you get that trolling fish, a lot of times you can pull that trolling fish right out of the school and the rest of his buddies don't even know because you're doing six and a half knots and he grabs it and you jerked him away from the pack at six and a half knots. But if there's a couple of baits flying back there where that trolling fish is, a couple baits, they hit the water and then a handful of chum hits the water. Those fish in that school kind of turn their heads and look and they're like, oh, food. Because the only thing they're doing out there, I know this is going to blow your minds and people overthink it. There's only two things that fish are doing. They're looking for food or they're looking for someone to make a, another fish with. That's it. That's the only two things they're doing. They're, they're out there swimming around looking for something to eat and someone to spawn with. So if you can present your bait proper. You can change everything on the boat. Dan and Kim, Dan Smith, Darren, you could make the whole day for the whole boat if you get a bait out there quick. But I don't know what it is. I really don't. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. I've got guys that have worked for me for four, five, six, seven years, and it happens every time there's a hookup. Spin around, spin in circles. Forget everything about everything. When I was a deckhand sitting on the bait tank, watching the trolling lines, and I'd be, my eyes would know where every single one of those, all five of them are out behind the boat. I knew where everyone was. And I could scan back and forth the whole time. Because I don't know if you know, but I got ADD and just setting for hours doing nothing didn't make sense to me. I was locked onto the lures and I would stare at them with late, just stare at them and wait 
for a fish to roll. All it'd have to do is miss the lure and I'd yell a hookup already and I'd throw a handful of bait and anybody that was listening would cast their baits out. So many times we stopped the boat and that captain would run out on the back deck and go, who's got the trolling fish? I, nobody, but we got five bait fish going, boss. What, what, what happened? I go, the trolling fish fell off. Even never even hooked it, but I was watching the lures the whole time. Never even hooked the fish, but the fastest way to stop the boat is y'all hook up and then ask for forgiveness later. Nine out of 10 times it worked out flawlessly, but it's all about getting a bait in the water as quickly as you can. Just like when my friends and family come down here to Cabo, I buy as much mackerel or as much cavitos or whatever kind of bait fish they have that you can afford because you want to be every time the boat stops, Dorado, yellowtail, marlin, tuna, rooster fish. Every time the a fish bites the lure, you want to be the guy or the gal casting your bait out behind the boat. There's no glory to winding in a trolling fish. That's for the people that don't know how to cast or don't really know how to fish. That's what trolling fish are for. The the rest of us that can cast a bait out, we want a bait fish. It's way more fun to hook a fish on bait than it is to grab the trolling rod out of the trolling rod holder and wind it in. It's not making you less of a human to do that. But if you're into fishing, if you're into the whole thing of fishing and feeling the bite and getting the bite and, and setting the hook, then there's nothing better than getting a bait out behind the boat. And I saw some of you said on the slide, on the slide. Oh my gosh. On the slide was the kind. You could drop a bait. Back in the day, we had little, little anchovies for bait. You nose hook it on a number four hook. And when you get a hook, because you couldn't cast it, you just dropped it off the back of the boat. And it would slide right back there to where all the fish were. And that's what we call fishing the slide. Because when you get a hook up, hook up, captain takes the boat out of gear. You don't throw it in reverse. You're doing six and a half knots. You pull them out of gear when you get a hook up and the boat's sliding forward still. And your bait, you don't cast it. You just drop it in the water back behind the boat. And it ends up right there where all the trolling lines are or the trolling fish or where the deckhand threw the chum. And then all of a sudden, all holy heck breaks loose and now you're hooked up to a bait fish and you were able to turn the whole school turns and swims right up the back of the boat because fish are stupid. Too many people have spent way too much time in their lives overthinking this whole fishing thing. The smartest fish in the ocean is dumber than the smartest mouse. So if you can think, if you can think, the only reason they're out here in the middle of the ocean is looking for something to eat or something to spawn with. We obviously don't want them spawning with us, but we do want them eating our bait off the back of our hooks, right? So that's why it's imperative to make sure that when you're trolling, you get that bait out as quick as you can. I can't emphasize it enough. I can't talk about it enough. This is definitely going to be on our website. This is definitely going to be one of the must-watch videos on my website is how to go about catching fish when you're trolling. This is super important. It means a ton. And you got to understand that. Now, we talked about that trolling. Let's say we're on a sport boat. And the boat got hooked up. Boat's going sideways. Are they stopped on a sonar mark? Are they stopped on a meter mark? Are you on a yacht with a couple of guys that know how to use the machines? And you stopped on a sonar mark. 
the wind is blowing seven, eight, 10, 12 knots, and it's hitting you in the back of the head. Well, then your line will be going underneath the boat. You hear it all the time on the sport boats. Wind in your face, wind in your face, wind in your face. That's for everybody that doesn't know how to cast. We're always telling you wind in your face. That way your line's going straight out in front of you. If the wind's hit you in the back of the head, you look down and your line's under the boat. Well, you're not fishing, you're wishing. You need to have your line out in front of you. If you cannot cast into the wind, if the wind is hitting you in the back of the head, there's no chance that your bait's going to be out away from the boat. It's going to go under the boat. If you can cast with the wind, when the bait hits the wind, it goes flying off the corner, hits the water, bam, you're bit by a tuna, dorado, yellowtail. But what most people don't understand is it's imperative that you slide around with your bait. When your bait hits the water, when you're offshore fishing tuna, Dorado, any of that stuff, the minute the bait hits the water, it's no longer in front of you unless you move your whole body. You have to pick up both feet and move across the deck. You can't just move one foot and slide your rod down around. Now there's a big angle coming off of your rod. If there's an angle coming off of your rod, then you're going to get tangled with somebody else. From Let's just stop this nonsense. From today forward, if you're in a tangle, it is 1,000% your fault. It's not the tourist's fault. It's not the novice's fault. It's not the guy that doesn't know what he's doing's fault. It's not the little kid's fault. It is 100% your fault because you didn't have contact with your bait. You didn't follow your bait. That's how you ended up in this tangle to begin with is because you had no concept of where your bait was. Now, if you're watching everything and a guy comes from the other side of the boat is not is not watching everything and he gets tangled on your line, well, that happens very, very rarely. Because if I see someone else's line coming near mine, I'm moving my whole body and getting under him or over him or around him. Somehow I'm getting out of him. If it's a 15-way tangle, and I've seen that 100,000 times, that 15-way tangle did not happen all at once. It happened because that tuna was swimming in circles and the rest of the booger eaters didn't have contact with their bait. They had way too much loose line out there. What do I mean by loose line? If you cast your bait out and you do not feel your bait swimming, that's because you have loose line. You got to peel up. I finger my line in. A lot of the experts do this and finger their line in and get back to tension. If there's no tension in your line, then you got slack and you have no idea where your bait is. I don't care if you're Marley and you grew up with Captain Dave and he's told you a hundred times, keep tension in your line. As soon as you do not feel your bait, you are causing a tangle. You are the problem. Because now there's slack line out there. If there's slack line and you can't finger it back fast enough, I can't get it back. It's just slack. I put it in gear, wind it in, get rid of that bait, flick it off, get a new bait. That bait sucks anyway because he's not swimming. But if there is, and I don't care if you're on your your 21-foot Parker or if you're on the Royal Polaris, if there is slack in your line, you are the problem. You are the problem. 
You are the problem. The rest of us are trying to get away from you because you are the problem. And we tell you, you get told this a hundred times. Slide around to the left, slide around to the left, slide around to the left, slide around to the left. Keep your line in front of you. Keep your line in front of you. No angles, no tangles. Get the slack out of your line. Get the slack out of your line. Get the slack. Me as a deckhand or me as a captain, I just don't have a ton of extra words that I'm just saying over and over again because I just don't have anything else to say. If you know me, and most of you do, I'm never at a lock, lack of words, but I'm not wasting them when we're on the party boat or the sport boat or the yacht or your private boat. And I look over my shoulder and I see slack line coming off the tip of your rod. I'm like, dude, get the slack out of your line. Get the slack out of your line. And I have to repeat it a thousand times because I don't know what's going on. But you guys, the minute your bait hits the water, you lose all sense of consciousness. You guys, it's like your feet are anchored to the ground right there. The minute your bait hits the water, you got to move. I don't care if you're Dave Burris, if you're Nick Pratt, if you're Dan Smith. When your bait hits the water, it is not in front of you anymore. It's to the left. It's to the right. It's under the boat. Any of those angles are not going to help you at all. They're not going to help you, and they're going to suck for the rest of us on the boat that are trying to do everything right. Because even if you're fished 200 days this year, I don't care. If your line's slack, I'm yelling at you. Get the slack out of your line, gang. If there is slack in your line, I don't care if you're calico bass fishing, if you're sand bass fishing, if you're rock cod fishing, if you're yellowfin tuna fishing, if you're marlin fishing. If there's slack in your line, you're not fishing, you're wishing. And I, I can't explain it to you any more properly than that. There should never be any slack in your line. You should always have contact with your bait. You should be able to feel it twitching. And fingering it back, if you're getting a little bit of slack and you're still fingering it back and you can't catch up to your bait, click it in gear, wind it in, get rid of that bait, flick it off, get a brand new bait. You ever been on a sport boat? You watch them for an hour and a half, load bait. They're not doing that just because they want to take a bunch of fish out for a ride and bring them back for a ride. They're taking all that bait because it's imperative that you change your bait. Now, Captain Dave can't keep a bait on for 30 seconds. I know when it hits the water, if it's going to get a bite or not. If he hasn't done what he needed to do in the first five or 10 seconds, he's not going to get to play in the party. I wind him up, flick him off, go to the bait tank, get another bait, throw it back out there. That's why I talk about it all the time on my, on my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com, how important a big bait tank is. Never had enough bait my whole life. That Hatteras, I used to run the wild and sack. We carried 25 scoops of sardines or anchovies. Ran out of bait all the time. I just went fishing with Pete Grosbeck, IGA, IGFA Hall of Fame captain. Pete and I fished New Year's Eve down here. We had $3,000 worth of bait on the boat. We caught 40 yellowfin tuna. It was an insane bite, but it was all about the bait. It was all about the chum. It was all about changing your bait. You don't have to buy $3,000 worth of bait. But whoever has the most, the only reason I even, because whoever has the most bait wins, period. Whoever can chum the most, the proper way. And chumming is super important. We still got a half an hour. We'll get into chumming a little bit as we 
cruise along on this podcast, but bait is crucial and having a live bait on the end of your line is crucial. Any sport boat that's good, the crew and the captain are good at what they do. You'll hear this a thousand times on the boat during the day. Change your bait. Change your bait. Change your luck. Change your bait. Change your bait. Hey, gang. Hey, Dan. Over there in the yellow shirt, blue pants. You haven't changed your bait since we left the dock. It's time to change your bait. I make it funny, but I also make it. And then I see you still standing there. And I'm like, quit picking your nose, winding your line, get a new bait. Change your bait. Change your bait. If your bait's out there for 60 seconds, you might as well just pick a big green booger and eat it. Because you are full speed booger eating. You need to change your bait. Change your bait. Over and over again, every captain, every deckhand on every good sport boat up and down the coast tells you 100,000 times a day, change your bait, change your bait, change your luck, change your bait. Because a good, lively bait, you've seen it all. When your bait's flying through the air and it hits the water, it gets bit right away. The fish know if it's a good-looking, healthy bait or they know if it's an old booger-eating bait. They know. If you're just out on the boat to relax, and have a nice relaxing day, and you don't want them pesky fish bugging you, do it the way Dan does it. Just keep that old bait on there. All Nose hook it, bring it in, let it set in the rod rack till the next spot, drop out that dead old bait. Then you won't have to worry about getting the boat dirty. You won't have to worry about that massive fish cleaning bill at the end of the trip. And then you can take that bait home with you, and you, gonna, you got your bait's worth. But if you want to be the guy on the boat or the gal on the boat that catches all the fish, change your bait the most. Like I said, 15 seconds would be a phenomenal amount of time for Captain Dave to leave his bait out there. I can't tell you to change your bait every 15 seconds because you're not going to do it. You're just, you just threw it out there. Did you get a bite? No. Then get it in and get another bait. Change your flipping bait. It so much matters. It matters more than you could ever comprehend. And gang, I want you to see something real quick. Just want to touch on this. Over at Promar Ahi USA, you grab the QR code. You can get those sabikis and the sabiki rods. And the sabikis are something you got to have on your private boat. If you're out fishing on your private boat, you got to have a sabiki. You got to have some of these in your arsenal to catch some bait. You want to have as much bait as you possibly can, like we talked about before. So grab some sabikis because this is going to change your luck out there so you have as much bait as you possibly can on the boat. Grab that QR code. Go to Promar Ahi USA. Grab the promo, the the QR code, save 20%. Put in the code when you're checking out, those of you that are listening. And Get as much bait as you possibly can. Mackerel's a phenomenal bait. A little bit smaller mackerel, better for the mar- the tuna. Bigger marlin, better for bigger mackerel, better for the marlin. But it's super important to change your flipping bait all the time. I know you've been on the sport boats. I know you all have. And you're like, why does the guy keep telling me to change my bait? I just threw it out there. Because you're not bit. The whole... <laughs> The whole idea when you throw your bait in the water is the minute it hits the water, you should think you're going to get a bite. And if it swims for a second and then it stops swimming, it's a suck bait. Bring it in and get it off and get a new bait. You want that bait to constantly be swimming line off your reel. If you're holding your reel 
and the bait can't swim the line. You're like, I don't want him to take all my line. Well, the bait isn't going to take all your line, but you got to let him swim. So he looks natural out there swimming around. That's the bait that's going to get bit first, but you got to change your bait. You got to change your bait, change your bait, change your bait. I can't say it enough. You can't do it enough. It is so important to change your bait. Oh, absolutely, Mike. I love fishing mackerel for lean cod and big reds. It changes everything. If you drop a mackerel down there, you're not going to catch a bunch of little rockfish. You're only going to catch big ones. How much weight do you use to keep the mackerel from tying? What, here's That's a great question, Mark. Here's the deal, gang. People, and I and I have video on my website shows you, when you're fishing the sabiki, the minute you hook a mackerel, you should wind it up. Well, my br brother, sister's aunt plumber told me to load the sabiki up. You want to, you don't want to bring it up without six. Gang, when you get that for that mackerel on there, bring it up as fast as you can. If you leave it in the water and wait for another one and another one, it's going to make a big tangled up flipping mess. The minute I... Now, I don't really know anything. I've just fished for a living for 48 years every single day, and I've caught 9,823,000 mackerel in my life for bait. The moment you feel a mackerel on your sabiki, wind it up as fast as you can. Grab the sinker, swing it over, flick that mackerel in the bait tank. Don't touch the mackerel. Don't leave it in the water. Oh, I want to get five or six. No, you don't. You're making a huge mess. You're tangling up your sabiki, plus you're tangling up the other people that are trying to catch bait. I'd rather you catch one at a time than tangle up five. I'd way rather you catch one at a time. When they're really biting, I'll just put on a number four thin wire hook and a little piece of a yellow towel. You've seen it on my videos and catch them one at a time. Because I'm counting baits, too, when I'm catching them. So when I'm catching them one at a time, it's so much nicer and easier to count, so much easier to take control of. When you're using a sabiki and there's two or three of you back behind the boat trying to do it, and one guy just doesn't understand to wind it up the minute you feel a mackerel, then he tangles up all of you. So now all of a sudden we had three or four guys fishing for mackerel. Now we have nobody fishing for mackerel because they're in a massive flip and tangle. Because Dan, Kim told you 40 times, wind in your bait. And you're like, well, I just want to get more than one at a time. And then Kim's done because you tangled her up. And now she's got none and you got none. And you're both standing there with a big tangled up mess. Gang, don't do that. The minute you feel the mackerel hit it, you feel that mackerel on it, bring it up, get it one at a time. You'll be shocked how many times it's more than one. You would be shocked at how many times it's way more than one. So bring it in the minute it, you feel it because that thing's swimming around your sinker. You have no contact and he's swimming around and he's making a huge mess. And the three or four mackerel that are on there are getting all tangled up with the, with the other hooks. It's just a poop show. So don't do that. Okay. So remember trolling, get a bait out quick. Once you're stopped and the boat is drifting and I don't care if you're on, my 22-foot Wellcraft, or if you're on Pete Grossback's 90-foot Viking, you need to move with your line. You need to take the spikes. Like, I, I used to think you guys had golf shoes on. I'm like, how can you not move, Dan? How can you not move? Pick your feet up and move. You're every part of your body. People would, like, push their rod 
to the left or push the rod to the right. I'm like, no, move your whole flipping body. Get in front of your line. If your fishing pole is pointed like this and your line's going this way, you need to slide to the left. You need to start moving over here till your line's straight in front of you. It's different on a half day or three quarter day boat when they're fishing anchored on spots and they have the little number on the rail and that's your spot. I understand that that's your spot. People get butt hurt when you start to move. But you know how they really get hurt is when you bring in their line every time because it's a big tangle. So follow your line, especially offshore, though. That's where it comes into comes into big time consequences if you're not following your line. You could tangle up everybody on the boat if you have a bunch of loose line out there. Nobody even knows it's out there. And you just caused the massive tangle on the boat because you didn't have contact with your bait. It's imperative. It's important. It's probably the most important thing fishing offshore. Now, we, we're going to talk about chumming. Let's get into that for a little bit. I'm out with Dan and Kim on their boat. I have my bait rod set up. Fly line, 20-pound piece of floral carbon, a number two or number four hook, bait tank full of anchovies. Dan's probably driving. I didn't know. Yep, that's how you flick them off, Bill. You don't want to touch them. You never want to touch the mackerel. Why? Because the minute your hand touches it, you took all the protective slime off the mackerel. And then you threw it in the bait tank, and now you killed all of my bait. You just didn't kill the one you ripped off the hook. You killed all the rest of them. You slide your knife up the line, flick it off, or you can buy a nine or nine or ten dollar mackerel dehooker does the same thing as a plastic butter knife they do the same thing one you had to buy the other one you get for free i know a lot of people like the uh like the mackerel dehookers for that cost 50 60 70 80 bucks custom wrapped little piece of wood all that stuff total waste of time total waste of money i've never had a mackerel dehooker in my whole life Never even did I think, oh, God, we got 400 mackerel in the bait tank. I wish we would have had a mackerel dehooker. Yeah, it's a great gimmick, though. It's like the brown water they sell at that place with the green sign, Starbucks or whatever, selling brown water for 12 bucks a cup. And then they put all that sugar and everything. They pour a bunch of sugar in the cup. And they're like, oh, that's the best brown water I've ever had. Yeah, because it's full of candy. <laughs> But it's a scam, and I wish I would have come up with that scam. That would have been awesome. Or it's like the scam to put scent on your uh, lobster bait. That's another great scam I wish I would have come up with. And then the mackerel dehooker. That one. Darn, I always miss the boat. I'm always thinking way too logical. I'm always thinking, I don't want to waste people's time and their money making them buy a bunch of garbage that you don't need. You get those plastic butter knives at any any fast food restaurant, tell every time you pull up, tell them to give you give you some extra ones and put throw them on your boat. Those are all you need to dehook your mackerel. I'm sorry, I got off on a tangent. Where <laughs> I have a tendency to do that. By the way, if you come to the Pacific or the Bart Hall show, you're gonna see me live on stage. I'm gonna be looking for the guy with the clearest eyes, and I'm gonna go, "What in the hell was I just talking about?" Please, somebody, bring me back into the conversation because I get off. I and I did what Kelly told me not to do. I read Bill Varney's. I read his comments and I got lost. Gang back. Whoop, we're coming back. We're talking about chumming. 
So I'm with Dan and Kim and Dan, I know you drive, even though Kim and I want to drive, I know you're, you're driving. So you're driving, Kim and I are on the back of the boat and we get a hookup. How am I going to chum? First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to throw four or five anchovies at the trolling fish. The rod got bit, the trolling fish. I throw four or five baits there. I look at Kim. I go, cast your bait out. You're already late, Kim. You should have got your bait out quicker. But the next time we get a hookup, but I'm yelling at Kim, get your bait out. And she cast her bait out. She's still looking at the trolling rod. And I'm like, got my bait out. I've thrown some chum and I'm half winding the trolling fish in as Dan comes stumbling out of the wheelhouse. And he's boom, boom, boom. And he should have been out on the deck with us because he's moving at the speed of molasses. And he should have been out there. And Kim should have been driving because she's a little bit faster on her feet. And then she could have got out there much quicker and helped. But Dan has to drive because Dan's the driver guy. And I know that. So I've already, I've already done what I needed to do to make sure that I took into effect that Dan's going to be a little bit late to the show. So we're okay. So I'm half winding in the trolling fish. Then Kim looks at me and goes, Captain Dave, I'm bit. Boom. She sets the hook. Now she's got a tune on. Dan's just finally getting out to the, and he's all, do you want me to clear lines? I'm all, no, throw a bait. Dan, we talked about this all the way out here. Here's your bait rod. It's already ready. Throw a bait. Dan throws a bait. Boom. I throw a handful of bait towards Dan's rod. Now Dan's bit, Kim's bit. I'm bit on the bait fish. I put my bait fish rod in the rod holder. I grab the trolling rod fish. I wind it up. I wrap my hand around, throw that fish on the boat, taking three or four more baits, throw them back behind the boat. Kim's getting close to getting her fish up to the side. I'm looking over the side. Dan's hooked up. Hey, I'm hooked up, Cap. I go, I know. Now we got three going plus the trolling fish. Now we're going to have four for the day. I already know all this is going to happen because I made plans for it all day. And this is exactly what's going to happen. Now we're starting to slowly drift. Kim's telling me, Gaff, I got color. I got color. I look, she still isn't close, but she can see the fish. I understand. I throw two or three more boats, baits where? On the downhill corner. The downhill corner will be the corner that the wind is not blowing on. The corner that the wind's blowing on, that's the uphill corner. The other corner is the downhill corner. I'm going to throw two or three baits off of that corner because every boat in the world drifts backwards. So if I throw them off the corner as far as I can, in a couple of seconds, we're going to drift over where that chum just went. Dan's hooked up, Kim's hooked up, I'm hooked up, but my rod's in the rod holder. The bait, the trolling fish is laying on the deck going crazy. I turn around, I kind of poke him in the gills with my knife so that he gets rid of all that blood. I turn around, Kim's still fighting her fish. Dan's kind of fighting his fish. My fish is still in the rod holder. I throw two more baits on that downhill corner, even though the fish are boiling on the uphill corner. You know why they're boiling on the uphill corner? Because I threw bait on the downhill corner. Never, ever chum at the boil. It's hard to imagine, but you don't chum at the boil. Why are the fish boiling up swell? Because the fish are boiling up swell because I'm throwing the bait down swell. If I threw the bait up swell, you wouldn't even see where they're boiling at. They're boiling so far away from the boat. But I'm throwing the bait on the up downhill side of the boat where the wind's blowing. Wind's hit me in the back of the head. I got to throw my bait into the wind, but as far off the corner as I can. I can't physically throw it too far. I'm not that strong, but I can throw it out there pretty far so that the boat drifts across because the boat's drifting backwards like this and it's drifting down the coast and backwards. And the bait's flying over here and we keep drifting onto the bait. We keep hooking up. Then I turn around and I see Kim's fish is almost right there. I grab the gaff, but I don't stop chumming. Now I throw one. 
off the corner as far as I can. I look, I see Kim's fish is just a little bit deeper. I throw another bait off the corner. Then I see another fish boil. I look around, I see another bait rod laying there. Grab that rod, pin a bait on, cast it out there where those fish are boiling. The minute it hits the water, it's bit. Put it in gear, set the hook, shut, put the rod in the rod holder. Now I got two in the rod holder. Doop, doop, doop. Dan's hooked up. His fish is getting closer. I gaff Kim's fish. I tell her, run over there, grab that rod in the rod holder, the first one I hooked. You start winding on that fish. I take her fish off, unhook it, put another bait on. Throw it on the off-hill corner. She's hooked up to that other rod. Now I got three going still. I got Dan's fish. I got the one I have in the rod holder. I got Kim going. I threw her rod back out. Now I'm hooked up again. Now I got four going. I put that in the rod holder. Why am I doing all this? Because I spent the whole day looking for the fish. We finally found them. I am not going to sit there and catch one at a time. I want every one of them little suckers till we have our limits. I don't slow down. I'm the most craziest human you've ever seen. I have videos that show you exactly what I'm talking about. I've done it 900 zillion times. It works flawless. But most of you, chumming, you're throwing bait everywhere. So you're not chumming for your boat. You're just chumming to be throwing bait away for some stupid reason because you didn't watch my video and you didn't pay attention. But there's never a time where we don't have two or three fish going the whole time. Once I find the fish, it's total, but it's also about me chumming. It's also about someone paying attention enough to see what's going on and keeping the chum going. Because remember 45 minutes ago or 50 minutes ago, we talked about how all the fish that are swimming around out there, they're looking for two things. They're looking for something to eat and they're looking for someone to spawn with. We don't want them spawning with us, but we sure the heck want them eating our bait. So keep busy the whole time you're out there. Have a plan. Kim and Dan, Dave, Indiana, Darren. Guys, have a plan when you go offshore. Give people their designated duty. Kim's going to throw a bait out the minute we get a jig strike. She's not going for the trolling rod. Dan's not going for the trolling rod. When Dan finally gets out of the bridge and gets out in the back of the boat, the only thing Dan should be worried about is getting a bait out there. Not gaffing Kim's fish. Nope, because you're missing an opportunity. Kim can keep her fish up on. The, that whole gaffing the fish thing is not a mad panic situation that I see people making it all the time. Bring your fish up to the surface, Kim, and do not pull his head out of the water or Jim or John or Danny or anybody. Do not pull your fish's head out of the water. Wait, present it proper. Hold the rod up. Have that fish lay in there. Wait till Dan casts his bait out and he's got a bait in the water and a handful of chum and he throws his chum out. Then go, Dan, can you just gaff my fish for me? He sticks the gaff in it. He tells you, to, Kim, to set your rod down and lift your fish over because Dan's hooked up and he can't. And you're going to take your fish off. You're going to turn around, walk over, either wind in the trolling fish or cast another bait out. Once your fish is on the boat, forget about unhooking it or getting the hook out or whatever, because you have another rod in the rack. Just lay your rod down, go get another rod, cast another bait out because it can be over just like that. And when it's over, then you're back to hunting and you're back to spending the day looking. You can deal with all the chaos that went on, tying new hooks on, icing down your fish, getting them bled out, getting all those things done when the school leaves or when the bite is over. 
but I see way too many people worrying about stuff that doesn't matter because they listen to their uncle's aunt's electrician. And he told them that every time I catch a yellow fan, we, we eco-gemi it right away and then we ice it down. It's like, I don't want to go with you. That sounds so flippin' boring. I'm like into action and I want a lot of stuff going on. We're not going to stop everything once we get one fish on the boat that is ridiculous that is silly there's so much going on back behind the boat if you did it exactly how i told you to if you have if you caught into the middle of this thing in the middle of it and you don't know what what in the holy heck is captain dave talking about he's going crazy well if you come and you see me at the bard hall show i'm sweating right now because i get so excited because i love fishing and i'm way into it when you see me up on stage at the Bart Hall show, I go 100 miles an hour. I'm sweating. I come off the stage dripping sweat because I'm so passionate about making sure you do it right. And if I throw all those scenarios at you, you've all seen it. You've all been involved in it. Dan and Kim, I know you were like, Kim's going, yep, that's us. That's what happens. That's Dan. Can't get out of the bridge fast enough. The guy's six foot. What are you, six, nine, six, eight, something? He's a humongous human being, not big, but I mean, not wide, but tall. And it, and he's in that little bridge on that boat that he's on. And it's hard to get in and out of there. And Kim could just zip in and zip out, but she's not the captain. Dan is because Dan's the captain. I understand and I'm not picking on you guys. I love you. I'm just playing. We're just having fun. But you got to remember that that trolling fish, like Pete Grosbeck says, that trolling fish, that's the snitch. He just snitched on all his buddies. He's like, we're right over here, Captain Dave. We're right over here. Can you kill us all? And who am I to, who am I to deny those fish the opportunity to go home in that deckhand sports kill bag? I don't want to deny them of that. I want them to all have the opportunity to come meet my wife, Kelly, and have dinner with us. But if you don't follow along with what exactly I said, the chances of all that cool stuff happening, it ain't going to happen, gang. But if you follow along with what I said, that fun stuff could happen every single time you go out on your boat. All that cool stuff could happen. If you and I, and I keep using Kim and Dan because they're watching and I know them very well and, and I know they fish together every day. So that's why I'm using them as an example. But if Dan and Kim are both hooked up, and there's another rod that they could grow, grab. You need to put your rod in the rod holder, Kim, and grab another bait rod and get it out there. Your fish is already hooked up to your rod, and Dan needs to stay out of your fish's way. He can move his fish up or down the rail, get out of your fish's way. That fish is in the rod holder. Grab another rod, cast another bait out, hook another bait. John Stanley and Tina can do the exact same thing. You guys, this it's not that hard. But what happens is when you get a hookup on the troll, you forget everything I just talked about. Everything just drains from your body. And you're like, look up, what do we do? What do we do? What do well, if you said, what do we do three times, you've already missed your opportunity to throw a bait out behind the boat. And that's sad that you missed that opportunity. All right, gang, I hope this was, <laughs> I hope this was a good podcast for you. I'm going to go have to drink some water and try to take a chill pill. I'm all wound up right now. I'm shaking. I'm so excited. I can see me catching tuna. Well, I did. I caught a whole bunch of tuna 
the other day with Pete. We had that same scenario going on. You guys can all do this. You can practice with that big Benita that's out here right now. Everything I told you is absolutely truth. There's no reason for me to lie to you. We're not married. So I just tell truth. That's all I got. We're going to have a phenomenal show tomorrow. We're going to bring in our guides, Justin, Pablo, and Sonny. They're going to talk to you guys about what's going on. I know the weather's been absolutely dog crap, but we'll talk about fishing in between the weather. We'll talk about all the cool things that they see, what's going on. Hopefully, Justin's got good news for us tomorrow, and he tells us that they got that oil leak fixed on his boat because we got about 800 people that want to go hoop netting for an opportunity to win $1,000. Thank you all very, very much for another phenomenal podcast. Great audience. Great comments coming through, gang. I appreciate all of you. I will do my very best to always maintain the funniest show I possibly can. And then we bring in Bill Barney to bring everything down and mellow it out. And he's just full of super good information. He's not a spaz like me, but he brings it down and he talks very calmly and he lets you know exactly what's going on and i would love to know what he thinks now after all this we got with all these storms and all these big swells and everything now what's going to happen in southern california is king tide the king tide's coming it's going to be here so we can talk to bill about the king tide and everything else tide wise on wednesday i'll be with you all tomorrow with all my guides send in all your questions thank you all very very much and do not miss my special guest on Friday. It's going to be fun. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, every single person. And don't forget to check out Dave Burris's new uh, area rod building on the app and on the yeah on the app and on the uh, website yoursaltwaterguide.com. Thank you all, everybody. See you all tomorrow. Have a great day. Be kind to each other. Turn the news off. They're all lying.